Hey, I did it right. Yay! Didn't hit the calculator? I didn't hit the calculator. This is weird. Stupid ass calculator. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for listening to Comic Issues, your favorite geeky podcast full of rants, ramblings, and ravings. I'm your host, Anthony Silva. Along with me is one of the greatest geeks in the world, Elizabeth Wallace. Yay! I like how we put that sound effect in after my name each time. That's kind of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're going to have to start doing different sound effects. Yeah. Well, it's... I've heard on a lot of podcasts, it's weird to just up and start conversation, like... Green light, now go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, th- I actually think the the wee thing is, is our way of like breaking tension. There you go. This is um, the green light. Yay. Now we start talking. We could do it like the Nerdist and just start talking and then do that. Are yeah. we recording? Yeah, yeah we're five recording. minutes yeah, in. Right, right. Um, but yeah, as long as, long as you beautiful people uh, still enjoy it. That's, yeah, what, that's what matters. Yeah. So as far as uh, any kind of news that we wanted to bring up this week, uh, just today, in fact, uh, Elizabeth posted an article to the social medias about how um, comic books, uh, I'll say it plainly, comic books have come under attack. Um, Not that this is uh, news, or not that it's new news, um, but the fact uh, that it's kind of come around again. And it's not a thing that we've at least talked about recently. Right. Um, so I guess at this, uh, this college, right? Yeah. Uh, Crafton Hills College in uh, Yucapia, Yucaipa, California. Mm-hmm. Sounds inland. That's fine. Yeah, sounds it kind of does. Yeah. yeah, a bit. So anyway, there's um, there's a student there who's taking a um, college level English 250 class, and there are four graphic novels that are on the syllabus. Which is just if they had. College classes with graphic novels oh, in the curriculum when I was in school. Man, why taken, were they there? I'd have taken so much more English Seriously. classes. Seriously. So there's these four uh, graphic novels that are uh, a part of the class curriculum on the syllabus that after the semester is now over, there's this big, I guess, to, to do. And um, the girl and her family are trying to have these books removed from the school. Right. Like, they, they don't want it... The the father says he doesn't even want it sold in the school library or, which I have or a, a school store or anything like that. Which I could almost, and I don't, but I could almost give them the whole, all right, you know, maybe in the curriculum, maybe not. Um, but the fact that he doesn't want it in the bookstore because that's there's underage, I'm kind like... kind of a step too far. Hey, you know that movie theater in Mira Mesa that's showing those kid movies right now? Do you know right next door there's a Barnes & Noble that has grown-up books in yeah. it, including all of these graphic novels you want to remove from there? Yeah. Within the same walls is your children's books and, yep. like, um, erotic novels. Right, exactly. I was going to say, like, porn, like, Playboy, but that's probably not true. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah. But no, that's that's actually um, the the porn thing is, is one of the things they're toting. Uh, so the books are um, Persepolis, mm-hmm. uh, Fun Home, which actually is one I've never heard of. I think it's I think that's isn't that the tagline in Persepolis? Persepolis Fun no. Home. Oh, okay. No, no, I haven't heard of Fun Home. Uh, Why the Last Man, Volume One, and mm-hmm. Sandman, Volume Two: The Doll's House. Yes. And this family is citing the books as pornography. Yep. And garbage. Yes. Now, yes. garbage, that's an opinion. I'll let you have it. Uh, I Maybe, but it's just interesting to me that these three of those four, like I said, I've never read Fun Home, so I can't put an opinion, but three of these are some of the most respected classics yeah. in the graphic novel 
literature. You know, that's why they were in the college classes. And then the teacher said that that's why he chose these books, is that they're not just, you know, kind of random books. They're books about, uh, he says, uh, it's about the human condition. They're about the human heart. They're uh, well uh, written stories from critically acclaimed writers. Mm-hmm. The the books themselves are uh, have numerous awards granted to them. Mm-hmm. Like these are not normal you know books, which seems kind of weird because the the girl who's kind of raising all this fuss said she knew there were comics going into the class, right? But she thought it was going to be like Batman, right? Like, well, you're in college level two fifty. I would think even the Dark Knight Returns might not be high enough in its in its literature to qualify for a 250 class. Right. And I guess that's probably a matter of opinion, too. But it's also interesting that, you know, they said what books were going to be on the curriculum. There is an opportunity. You know, everybody knows about dropping and adding classes. There's a yeah. period of time past which if you try to drop it, you're going to get a zero for the class. Mm-hmm. I think she blew the deadline. I think she missed it and she tried to quit. She wasn't paying enough attention. Right. Like a regular college student. College students do that all the time, every single day. So, I don't know. I think there was ample opportunity for her to have quit the class on whatever reasons she wanted to give, but she missed it and now she's making a fuss. And that's where I... Also, did you notice that her father had said, if we had known that this was the kind of literature that was going to be in these books, we wouldn't have taken the course... He said we, and I'm like, that's a real interesting pronoun right there. Mm. It's like, are you taking this college course? I thought your yeah. daughter was taking uh, it. So, Like, this this is kind of bullshit to, to, to me in general. I I mean, we, we all have been big supporters of comic books in schools. Mm-hmm. There are books that deserve to be taught to, I think, even in high school, you could, you could find some books that don't have any nudity in them. Right. But still give a reader enough to think about yes. that it's worth examining in a class like you would many other books. Of course. Granted, all these books, um, I'm assuming all these books, I've actually only read Why the Last Man and uh, Sandman. Persepolis is good. I've, it's, yeah. it's one I heard of, at yeah. least. Yeah. I'm assuming all these books have nudity. Uh, I couldn't tell you about Persepolis. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I, it's funny. I don't remember any being in there, but... I don't know. It's it's not an easy read, and it is definitely talking about the struggle of the human condition. But maybe there's nudity in there. I don't know. No. The other ones, yeah, pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, why the last man? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's a given. It's the only guy left in a world full of women. Yeah, there's you see some boobs yeah. from time to time. Yeah. But like, I don't remember. I don't remember any sex in. Why the Last Man? Not in the first volume. Not in the first volume. No, no in the in the later volumes. Yeah. Spoilers. Yes, there is definitely because he's very he's very dedicated to his girlfriend. Like exactly. that's that's his his mission for a while. So he's not just going around getting laid left and right. No, maybe I, the, I don't know. Maybe there are aren't there a few lesbian relationships going on in Why the Last Man just because are, of the nature but, of the planet? But yeah, there there are. But I don't remember anything graphic. In the I, story. I don't remember. Not in the first volume. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, but... Uh, I have it on my shelf. Should I grab it real quick and flip through? Or is sure. That just, let's, just take a, let's just take a peek. Let's right. find out. Okay. Why the last man? Uh, and I'll just sex, 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 flip sex, through. Sex, sex. Look, oh, look at this. Just dongs and boobies everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope, nope, nope. Uh, I'm seeing some violence here. It's uh, nothing out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Still not uh, seeing any sex. I think I've hardly seen even a boob in this... 
Um, uh, okay, there's, there's some, a blood-covered boob. There's some nudity in a, in a uh, hallucination. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so uh, no sex. So I don't know what you're talking about here, guy. Maybe it was the, um, this was one of the garbage books he was talking about. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it was one of the garbage books. Yeah, maybe he meant they were, some books had <laughs> pornography and some books had garbage and not necessarily both. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I wanted to look up the definition uh, of Pornography, because I know that's it's another thing that's uh, in there for debate. Like just to try and understand the context of what he's trying to go for, and I only looked up one because it's Merriam-Webster, and I feel like that's yeah, that's, that's one where you're pretty safe. That's one you can go on. Yeah. And it says uh, movies, pictures, magazines, etc., that show or describe naked people or sex in a very open and direct way, in order to cause sexual excitement. Well, you can. Now, you can I, probably argue that, that if you're showing a picture of a naked woman, the person drawing the picture was hoping for a little excitement. That just seems to be the nature of the, you think so? the medium. Yeah, I mean, we we were talking about Starfire and yeah. the scantily cladness, and that does seem to target the male folk, so maybe, yeah. I don't know. Because yeah. I would think, um, within the context of these books, yes, because I consider Why the Last Man and Same Man on a different level than Batman and Starfire and, yes. and, and those books. Yes, um, I would think that even in like Saga, which would blow these folks' oh, minds. My God, I think any college professor would probably have a little trouble bringing Saga in. I would think it'd be awesome yeah. if they did, but I don't think they're going to do it. So. Probably not. Like Saga's a great story, mm. but I don't know. Saga's pushing the boundaries and intentionally. Well, it, it is, you know? but I'm trying to think like, okay, this this story, like, what's, you know, what I don't know. Saga is such a such a different book. Uh, I'll say at least the these four books, mm-hmm. um, and all right, the two of them. That, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. two of them I read. Yeah, um, I don't think when there is even sex or nudity, it is there in order to cause sexual excitement. Right. I think. Uh, with these books, it's there as a natural part of the storytelling. Right, right. And they are, they're trying to, if you're showing the human condition, sex is so much a part of that, you don't want to necessarily leave it out if it's relevant to the story. So no. I mean, yes, you can cut around it. Yeah, but then you start wondering how much, you know, then, then you lead to questions of, you know, oh, well, you can cut this out because it, you don't want to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take out this violent bit over here, or let's take out this interracial couple over there, you know? I mean, But you it's start, so much more in your face. It's and, true. And you can't you can't kind of uh, tiptoe around it right. when, and, when it's there on the page. And they certainly do. I mean, most modern comics aren't going to show real graphic sex because they don't want to alienate no. part of their audience. But these no. are classics. I'm I mean, sorry. two of them are Vertigo books, at least. Um, I mean, uh, Sandman and the Why the Last Man are Vertigo. I don't know about Persepolis. They have a picture of the cover, but I don't see a... Um, I kind of want to say Persepolis is a Vertigo book, too. Maybe. But, mm-hmm. and, uh, but definitely older. Fun, home, I... No, no, I, I need no to look that. Actually, it's funny now that I've read this article. I'm like, I want to learn more about that. Fun yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I want to read it. Good for them. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, the the comic book uh, legal defense fund um, site put the put the link up, and we shared it. They're the guys who go to bat when any comic book gets uh, gets heat like this. Yeah, and it's it's not. Mm, or at least right now, it's not making national news. It's at a small college in a city no one's ever heard of. You know, like it's it's definitely something that, much like the like sex sexism in comic books, it's it's an issue that's always there. So it's yeah. good it's good to to bring up and talk about it every so often. Exactly. Also, if they really are talking about getting it taken out of the library on campus, that's book banning, and I, I think we've kind yeah, of established that's, that's not really a great idea. You know. Uh, so, you know, defend your local comic books. Yeah. Uh, and if uh, if you want to. 
go through. Um, the the link is on our site. We posted it on uh, Sunday. If you want to go back and, and find it, and you can find the um, Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, uh, their site, and you can donate to them because I think those guys are like all pro bono. Oh yeah, and they you know they don't just do when comic books are under attack, but they do a lot with like. People thinking that, you know, if it's out there on the internet, they can yoink it for whatever, you know. Yeah. And that, that There's a lot of people who don't respect the property of artists and writers, and so the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund helps protect them against that. Yeah, so. and, and artists and writers from getting beat out of copyright yeah. uh, and royalties and exactly. stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we read, again, a uh, another metric uh, shit ton of books. It's a good time for comic books right now, I swear. If you're loving Marvel, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's if very you're true. Loving that Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we'll we'll start out with the the DC books because uh, unfortunately, uh, um, not a lot wild. This last week we had a couple that were fun and we enjoyed, um, but this week did not necessarily get us going. Not quite though. Um, I liked the art in Starfire. I thought that was you know I mean, it's like a very DC style, but. Pretty and yeah, fine. it's uh, it's um, actually, you know what? I don't think it's Amanda Connor. Amanda Connor does the cover, but I think the inside is someone who is a similar style. Oh, yes, okay. So the yard is um, from Emmanuel uh, Lapacino. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking that's how that, uh, that's pronounced. Yeah. Um, but Amanda Connor and uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, um, they wrote the story and they. Their husband and wife combo that have been doing comics for for quite a while. They did the uh, Power Girl run um, pre New Fifty Two that uh, a lot of people have really really enjoyed, and her um, Amanda Connor's artwork has been really enjoyed by uh, uh, a lot of people. Unfortunately, she just can't keep up with uh, a monthly schedule anymore. Right. Um, I spoke to her, Leland. I spoke to her a couple years back. She just says. Uh, for health reasons, she just she just can't. That's keep a up. shame. So many of the great artists that I love are struggling with stuff like yeah. that. So. Um, but Starfire was a book I actually picked up kind of on a whim because I just wanted to see. Okay, they're clearly they're going to try and go in a new direction with Starfire. A lot of people were kind of upset over uh, the new Fifty Two's debut, at least yeah. of Starfire, and then I feel everyone just. Stopped reading her. I, all, I think altogether. they stopped reading all of the DC yeah. books, actually. But but uh, they were definitely going for something more like the Teen Titans cartoon from a few years back. The costume resembles it a little bit, and the character is a little more fun and innocent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as before, we saw a, a Corey who was help me to describe it. Actually, it's. Mm. She's she's very uh, sexually in, 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 inhibited, um, um, free, uninhibited. Is uninhib- that what it is? Uninhibited. That's the word we're looking for. Yeah. There we go. And and we looked it up before before the podcast. Like this is a, 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 a trope that's been in other stuff. Oh yeah. It's like oh well on my planet blah 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 blah. Yeah, so exactly. I'm gonna walk around naked and not feel insecure or the fact that even someone else might be right. not insecure. And in order to learn new languages, <laughs> she can kiss people and figure that out. Is yeah. It, I guess that's a thing. Yeah. Like, was that a thing with the old coriander? I I don't know. I have to assume it it was. Like it sounds crazy enough that yeah. it could have come from like the 70s or 80s. Yeah. I just, you know, this book was, it was fun and interesting. Like, my problem with a lot of DC books is not, it's not that I have a problem with the characters, the direction, whatever. Mostly I just think they're boring. And mm-hmm. I thought this book was fun. But it is interesting that they are going, I mean, the three tropes we found, there's naive newcomer, mm-hmm. there's innocent alien, 
and Green Skin Sexy Alien Babe, I think are the names of the tropes. And she's like a combination of all of them. And it's, I don't know, it's a little fan service-y, I suppose, you know? She's going to walk around without her clothes on because she doesn't know any different. And she's going to kiss people and kind of turn on these two guys in a bar accidentally because she doesn't understand what they're saying. And, you know, and that's, I don't know, I don't... That's a that's a thing that exists and that's fine. Um, so. But it'd be it'd be one thing if she was a newcomer. That's but, that's my problem. Yeah. But yeah, but like you you were asking me at the beginning of the book, is this like a brand new reboot? Is like this a new start for her? Yeah. And I also read uh, Red Hood and Arsenal, which they talk about her and the, how she left the group there. So I have to assume then but that this is just a new start for her. I guess, but she is so clueless. Not yeah. just about, like... And that's the problem. Yeah, not just about, like, English idioms. Like, you know, someone says, oh, I'll pay you three big ones, and she immediately thinks elephants. And I'm like... Which was actually kind of cute. Elephant? That was cute. There's, but I'm like, why elephants? Why would you automatically assume that he's going to give you an elephant? There's several points in the uh, in the book where someone uses a, an idiom or a metaphor or something, and the she has, a like, a thought bubble... Yes. ...with a picture inside. Yes. And she thought three elephants. Yes. And she's like, where would I keep... Three big ones. Exactly. And he's like, I don't know, a banker in your pocket. And then she's thinking of elephants, like, stuffed out of her pockets. <laughs> I'm like, this is pretty cute. And then yeah. Amanda Connor and um, Jimmy Palmiotti are both humoristic um, people, just right. in general. Right, um, They're They're very kind of tongue-in-cheek yes. um, kind of writers and creators. And they were doing the Harley book. And I think they still are actually doing the Harley book. Um, so you can definitely see it, uh, see it in there. But how long... Can you be that naive, right? I and mean, and it not just wear out its welcome. There's like you know people from other countries who have trouble with English idioms. That's totally fine. But the fact that she doesn't know what money is, she doesn't know how to earn money, she doesn't know about places to stay, she mm-hmm. doesn't know about not necessarily walking around naked. Which I think you would only have to be told that once. So, you know, it's yeah, just, or I don't know, like the 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 naked thing to me comes off as straight fan service because I feel. Even if you couldn't speak the language very well, yeah, like public nudity is one of those things I feel you would immediately kind of get the idea yeah. that it's not really allowed. And, and I don't know, maybe because it's almost every culture we have on Earth right. kind of has that same opinion. Yeah, yeah, to different degrees in different places, yeah. but... Um, I mean, she's a very sweet character. I really like the bit she's where she's in the uh, yeah, she's where nice. she was in the car and and she's being told about um, what's her face's uh, grandmother. Yeah, this, who died. this new um, uh, police chief. Yeah, uh, yeah, on this island in Key West, like she's completely changed everything. Um, a lot of DC characters seem to have gone to non DC cities it's to right. to sorry. restart things. I'm familiar with Key West area. It's a fun place to be. So it's fine. I've never been. I've actually <laughs> I've never uh, I've never left the country. I've been to Tijuana, but that kind of doesn't count. Eh, sort of. <laughs> like, it, was before border, I even, right? it was before you even needed a passport to go, so right. I don't even have a passport. Well, Key West, you'll definitely get the sun and the beaches and the fun and yeah. all that kind of stuff, but the weather's not as good as it is here. She, um, She's in the car with the sheriff, and the sheriff is telling her about how her grandmother passed away, and Corey's actually getting upset on her behalf, and she's like, yeah, she's because she died and you empathic. miss her every day, and I was like... I would think that if she's empathic enough to be able to pick up something like that, she could pick up the fact that people are just like, oh, maybe not with the nudity, you know? So I don't... Or maybe she just doesn't care. You know? I I don't I don't know... Um, I don't know Starfire very well. But in the two instances of her in the car with the chief and in the bar with uh, the two other dudes, hmm? 
it kind of felt like people were acting differently around yes. her. And I don't know if that's some kind of pheromone thing that happens because she's an alien and she just gives off vibes. Like I don't remember Later in that. the book, she's just... You, you, the, the, the uh, two other characters walk out and Corey's making out with um, this lady's son. Yeah. Who is a, a grown man. Like, yeah, it's not weird. Yeah, no, no. But the fact that, like, people just are so easily swayed. I don't know... I don't know if it's in the case of the of the male characters, just dumb men who will jump on anything. I think that must... I don't remember, because I used to read the Teen Titans book back mm-hmm. in, like, the 80s. Um, and she definitely turns heads, because she's supposed to be just, like, pictures so can't even... Yeah, can't yeah. even do justice to it. So I guess that's what it is, because I don't remember her having any kind of, like, leakage of feelings. Yeah, no. Yeah. I don't she's think that's a thing. She's just that hot. But it could... Maybe that's what... Because this seems like a reboot of the character. She is, like, first day on the planet kind of nice. It feels that way. And, yeah. and I don't know... Um, DC has said that uh, a lot of the books are kind of just going to be their own. Um, they're not going to be as tightly tied to a to a larger universe. Okay. As to which I would say, uh, wait, DC, you were trying to do that before. I that's what they were trying. Maybe they tried seems it and like didn't work. Bullshit. So, I don't know. Example: Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's uh, it's. It's nice because it's it's an innocent character who is so pure and just not jaded that it's it's nice to to have that character along with your your Batman and Wolverine and other characters. It was a it was a fun book, and I didn't you know, and I am I am sensitive portrayals of women in comics, so I understand that maybe this isn't like this is the first book I asked you to read when you got here. Exactly, I was like, what do you think about this? I didn't hate it. I really didn't. I think it's possibly because she is just such an honestly nice person. So Mm -hmm. I think I'm okay with that. If she had been a jaded and cynical person who's walking around naked, I might have been like. This might not be portraying women very nicely, but no, I think it's. I mean, whatever. She's not. She's not dumb. She's just, just really just naive. naive. Just yeah. really Which, naive. That's a fine line between two when they're God being written. It is, yeah. yeah. It, it, it remains to be seen how the series goes. But honestly, I mean, I was more interested in this book than I was in any single book we read for Convergence. So, you know, that's kind of, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's kind of what damning with faint praise right there. But no, well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so would you want to go in for two on that one? Or do you kind of feel like, mm, it wasn't awful, but I'm not... I'm not necessarily. I might want to give it at least one more book because okay. that character has been so controversial. I, I really kind of want to see the direction for that of alone brand. to just see what, what's yeah, going on. Yeah, just at least one more book. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Batman Forty One came out uh, with our new um, so, uh, spoilers. If if you yep. haven't uh, spoiler, been spoiler. been caught up with our new Batman, uh, who is the Robo Suit that we've all seen, but not Bruce Wayne inside the Robo Suit. Um, Bruce Wayne, uh, well, Batman and Joker are. Um, Air quotes, dead. Yeah. Uh, so this book uh, is Jim Gordon inside the bat suit. Um, they have a they have a short kind of section inside the book as to why Jim Gordon because they have all these other you know highly recruited um, trainees. You know this one's super smart. This one's super athletic. And the reason why they go Jim Gordon is because Jim knows this city. Right. Jim isn't the strongest. He might not be the smartest, but he's what the city needs. I also think, because he's, and I have not, I have not read this one. I did read the free comic book day one. Did you ever read that one? No, uh, actually I didn't. I didn't yeah, it kind that. of explains a little bit in there, but he's uncorruptible, you know? If yeah. you had some guy who cannot yeah. be corrupted by the crime and graft in Gotham, Jim Gordon's your man. Yeah. 
it's weird. Uh, we're still Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, so the dialogue feels on point. The art is amazing as always, but it's it's clearly not a Batman book. Mm. So it's weird because you, you it says Batman on the cover. You have you have your standard opinions of what you're about to go through, and none of that is really there. Jim Gordon is not trying to be Batman. He's trying to... Take Batman's place? But then he's not even trying to take Batman's place, because this Batman uh, is going to work within the law, uh, with the law, but not as a cop. Okay. Um, he is privately funded through um, the, the, the power powers industry. Right, but definitely not a vigilante. Yeah, definitely, definitely not a vigilante. He's working with police and stuff. Uh, so it's it's just kind of kind of interesting. There's still he still upholds the the general Batman morality. He's not using excessive violence. Um, he actually is fighting a giant energy monster for about half the book until he figures out like, oh, this is kind of a ploy. The real the real bad guy is someplace else. Hmm. It's it just feels. So weird because it's not even like oh Dick Grayson put on the cowl. Right. It's a robot. It's it's a robot Batman. Not that it's bad. I think this would be great if it was like a Batman Inc. book. That's I was thinking because you you know that Batman's going to be back and you know that yeah they're because, already sowing those seeds. Oh yeah, but this is not like a number one book. You know this is continuing in the same storyline. Yeah. If they had done like. Batman's legacy number one and put Jim Gordon in there that would have made a little more sense but this is definitely you can tell that it's like a hiatus for Batman but that he will be back but it just feels weird it does it does and I kind of like that's all I can kind of say about it because I'm still I I honestly I need more more reading Mm -hmm. to get a good opinion because like I said the writing and the art is good so really what can you honestly complain about it's just it feels weird it's not it's not Batman. It's a robot. And it's not even the Batman suit. No. Like, there's so much that's different uh, that it's just a little off-putting. It's nice to finally see something, though, after months and months of that particular image that's on the cover getting yeah. touted about everywhere. And now we get to see the full now we're thing. Now so. we're finally getting into it. That's good. That's good. Um, as we said at the end of uh, Convergence, the Earth 2 characters uh, get to remake their planet, uh, which... Lucky for them is exactly in the same uh, uh, pl- um, orbit. Well, I don't, I don't. Who knows the orbit? Yeah. Like, I th- I kind of had the idea that planet was just floating in space, <laughs> but it has guess, to have a sun. I guess it has to have a sun in there yeah. someplace. You know, um, it's in the same formation. Is I think what I'm trying to say of okay. Earth. Like it's a class M planet. No, no. It has a Florida and a California oh, and a South what? America. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah. I call shenanigans on that one. <laughs> now, wait a minute. It's a picture from space. <laughs> no, guys. Do they even try to explain how that's a thing? Uh, no. <gasps> yeah, Do you just, see what they the just hell? say? They just say it's a perfect replica of their, <laughs> of their old planet. Fine. Okay, I guess that's fine. God. Um, so this one, I'm, I'm, I honestly, I, I still don't care. Um, so what happens when we saw the end of Convergence, uh, essentially the characters had a new planet that they could live on. Uh, Alan Scott Green Lantern brought up all the green, so the, the, the place was inhabitable, and we saw all those ships, and they all come. Uh, this book takes place, let me make sure, 
one year later, essentially, one year after uh, Planet Fall, okay. what unfortunately has happened uh, was all those ships that were out in space, they're not made to land on planets. Which is definitely a thing. Which, you know? which yeah. uh, really became a problem when the guy who owns the company that made the ships ordered them all to land on the planets, okay. thus killing over 100,000 people. Wow. What yeah. was his justification? Just because they couldn't get them down in the other Because they couldn't stay up there. So, and, they, so and, they built all these ships, but they didn't have any kind of landing craft for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, hmm. yeah, like, I don't know... I, I assume you still build escape ships or transports or something. I mean, like, everybody knows that those big, like, you know, Enterprise-class ships yeah. can't land on a planet. They don't, they're not meant for atmosphere, but to build them into not... shuttles. Exactly, those have shuttles. That's fine. So to build all these ships and not, eventually they were going to have to get off the ships. Yeah. So that was lack of foresight, I guess. I guess the events of Convergence just surprised everybody. And they I, just I don't know. built these ships way too fast. I guess the plan was just to stay in space for the rest of humanity. Mm, I don't know. I it's super. It, it it does definitely seem uh, like hundred thousand people. Though. Yeah, it's like over a hundred thousand people died. Uh, but he did it because uh, he was super smart and he knew. That enough people would still survive. Ooh. That weighing the two options, it still it was still better to send these ships down. Uh, a bunch were going to fall apart. Many people were going to die. But humanity has to live on and has to get down onto the planet. So yeah. you do what you do. But then they it's a year later and they have had the technology to build. I'm looking at the pictures right now. They've had. Yeah, technology to build like New Gotham and everything. I don't understand how they could, you know, have the technology to build all this stuff and maybe in a not year. And but also not cobble together some landing ships. You would think that'd be inside well, their wheelhouse. I think this is back here. This is definitely part of the the ship that landed. They're kind of building uh, cities around um, the shuttle, the the ship wreckage. Which totally makes like sense. Trigun. I can totally see that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean that makes sense. I mean, there's your raw materials right there, pretty yeah. much. But I, I feel like they're way too together for only one year in. <laughs> like, we've been trying to get uh, an expansion on the uh, on the convention center for, like, five years, and we've got no yeah, progress. Yeah. Now we might lose Comic-Con, but... I don't know if maybe if... The these ent- guys can build New Gotham in a year. Maybe if the entire city of San Diego was wiped out first, then we yeah. could build more onto the convention center. Well, then we build the convention instead. center and then everything else. Yeah, exactly. Because well, we still need Comic-Con. Comic-Con. Yeah. Do you really think it's going to go to L.A. next year? I don't think it'll go to L.A. Okay, there's been, there's a real strong rumor going around. Like, I've had some people report this to me as fact. Mm. They're saying Comic-Con's going to be in L.A. next year. And I'm like, you're thinking of WonderCon. And they're like, no, it's totally a thing. And I'm like, no, I'm calling bullshit on that one. Yeah, WonderCon, WonderCon is. I think that, yeah, I think if I remember right, that's the one that's going to. Yes. Um, As a, like a temporary, we talked about that. Yeah. Comic-Con... I don't know. I don't know if it's more just I don't want it to. Not only because I don't want it to leave San Diego, but also I hate that convention center. Yeah. And it is worse in every way. The only thing it has going for it is more square footage. Yeah. I heard somebody who um, kind of works on the inside with people say that the only people who want Comic-Con to go to L.A. is L.A. Yeah. Nobody else wants it. So I'm, And no. she also did say, though, that if they do finally expand the convention center, it is going to have to go someplace else for, like, a year at least. I believe it. But she also said she didn't think it was next year. And I'm like, okay. No. So in case you guys hear that rumor, I'm not buying that one it's, myself. It's, it's a whole mess. We might actually find some news out at Comic-Con next, yeah. next month. I'll, I'll eat crow if I'm wrong, I promise. But I don't think that's a thing. 
Um, but, but Vegas is like the other main contender. I don't think I can do that, though. I don't. I mean, you couldn't get the cosplayers because they won't like die. Well, they'll die. And also, you can't go into a casino wearing a mask. It's a huge security Well, risk. the convention center is uh, a convention center separately. Yeah. Uh, so I would assume yeah, you always have to walk out through the casino pretty much to get out of your hotel. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be a tough one to... Yeah. I do want to go to a convention. That would be weird. I do want to... There is a, a comic convention in LA? Uh, yeah. In Las Vegas, anyway? Um, I think Wizard World does it. Okay. I do want to go to that at some point. I just don't want Comic-Con to move there. Yeah. Anyway. Um, segway, segway, segway. Yeah, so... They start a city. Um, New Gotham looks just like... Or is as bad as old Gotham. There's a criminal element still. Like, he says, uh, even a couple... There's always a couple rats on a on a ship. Um, and they're after they're chasing after the guy who made the planet or who who sent the ships to their death. The guy oh, who who made yeah. the ships. Uh, he apparently has been living in space. He didn't go himself go down. Of course not. But he somehow got to the to the planet. I I guess the technology for transport exists. Yeah, sure, fine. Uh, yeah. But now he's being he's being hunted as well. Um, he should. His math was bad. Yeah. Another thing we were wondering about what's uh, what's going to happen to Grayson. Grayson does become Batman, but that funky suit and stuff that Telos gave him. Telos left the planet, and so thusly that power eventually left Grayson. Okay. So we do have a, a moment with him where he can't feel his legs. Uh, but he's Batman. So don't know what's going on there. Uh, but we do know it has uh, something to do with um, with the guy again who sent all the ships. Okay. So we, we've got like... He doesn't have Telos's magic goose suit anymore. No. And then we see future scenes where he's the Batman and moving around. So we haven't been given that explanation. No. Ta- okay. No, don't okay. know what's happening. Okay. All right. That's fine. So one of the books that we did enjoy. Yay. I uh, really like this one. This is good. Marvel Ni- uh, Marvel Zombies um, by uh, Cy Spurry and Kev Walker uh, bring us a new character, Elsa Bloodstone. Uh, and the element that we keep talking about in other books, the shield, the wall, uh, and the dead zone or mm-hmm. the dead the dead the deadlands yeah elsa's job is to maintain security of the wall right which She's, is is she, that what what uh, like ms america was sent to do i mean sent to do yeah but you're the, you're one of the soldiers on the wall yeah you know? uh, elsa seems to have volunteered for it like this yeah. this seems like this was what she was raised for yeah it's interesting through the book we see she had a real rough go of it as a child with yeah. a very demanding father yeah, uh, and this all comes up because in a battle against some zombies, a teleporter who looks like um, looks like um, uh, Azriel, okay, uh, Nightcrawler's dad, yeah, manages to grab her and just several uh, bamps out yeah. away from the wall, uh, drops her kind of in the middle of nowhere. So now she is two hundred miles into the the, the deadlands, yep, uh, trying to figure out, and she happens to find one. Tiny, bald, human child in a spacesuit. Yeah, who has no idea what his name is. He has no memories whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and the hard-ass she is, she just calls him Shut Up. Yeah, That's, exactly. That'll be his name from here on out. She is so... The writing, it it's almost like Bendis writing with its quippiness, but mm-hmm. even cleverer, I think, because she is such a hard-ass, has no patience for anybody. And it's just really entertaining to read her. Like, when she's being bamfed, he has to do many, many bamfs to get her. And she is, like, cursing him the entire time. And you're seeing, like, pieces of her conversation yeah, between I did each like that. bamf. That was I great. Like, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. it's it, This is definitely cool because the Marvel zombie universe is always 
kind of fun. It, get, it gets really wacky, but like we see a zombie juggernaut, yep. uh, which super creepy. He's saying he's got no lips, so he's, yeah. he's got to scramble her like eggs. Yeah, yeah, very, very creepy. What was uh, there was the Doc Ock? Did he say superior? He did. That was a kind of meta he comment. That I like fun. that. That was neat. That was super cool. But also just kind of this this kind of black spot in Battle World mm-hmm. that everyone is so afraid of. This book is clearly going to get knee deep into mm-hmm. um we find out uh that she her and shut up kind of move around they can see the hordes of zombies between her and the wall so she's like all right uh can't go back that way yeah and uh shut up keeps wanting to go south the other way he's the he's the uh npc of this campaign yeah. where he's like he he's just torch bear. how do you know that i don't know i just know I, I just i have a feeling i played a campaign at one point where we had a, a dm who did that a lot it's just you know would put an npc in and be like oh we need to go there. why do you know i just know and one of our other uh, chaotic neutral characters he said what else do you just know or do i have to pound <laughs> it out of you <laughs> like yep that's pretty much what you usually think yeah uh so they're gonna go south which I guess nobody knows what's there, right. which is interesting because there's there's a couple of books this week uh, or last week I should say that are kind of pushing the borders of what we we have established so far yeah. as to what Battle World is. Yeah, and I'm hoping. All right, I have a theory. Okay. I have a theory. All right, we know Battle World is the patchwork patchwork combinations of these different other worlds and yes. whatnot. In your in your mind. Is it a globe, or is it like um, like a, a saucer or like a, a semisphere or it's something funny. like that? I keep on thinking it's underground, and I don't know why. Okay, like it's I feel like it's on a planet, but you know because there's no sun and no stars and no nothing. I just I, it's probably not. It's probably I think logically I think it's a saucer, like mm-hmm. what you said. But I, I swear I keep thinking underground. Yeah. You know if I just. I don't know. That's what no. I always think. So I don't know. I, I do think it's a planet. That's um, if I if I go with my gut feeling, they're underground someplace. Uh, I I think it's like a like a semisphere. Okay. Like um, not quite flat like a saucer, but right. a little curvature to it. Sure. Uh, I would really like to see this book reach the end of Battle World, like reach the border, oh, which is cool. either empty space yeah. or maybe even something new. Yeah. That yeah. that we have not even been been told about. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a name. It's um, uh, LTW Construction, Larger Than Worlds. So huh. that's what, like, if you've ever seen the Ring World, that's an LTW. A Dyson Sphere is an LTW. And so I think that's, if Doom really constructed this, that's what we're looking at right now, is like a completely artificial planet. So I'm really curious to see how that all turns out. Yeah. Me, yeah. Or we could be on the back of a turtle. It's <laughs> also, it's, it's, it's oh, no, you don't. It's turtles all the way down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but no, and I think uh, Johnny orbits. Uh, well, we know Johnny orbits Battle World. Yeah. But I think there's. I mean, ah, fuck. There might even be an underside to yeah. this that, like, a flip side. I don't think. I think that's just way too much. Uh, if there's an entire other Battle World on the underside. Oh, that'd be interesting um, if there was. But I, I think like Johnny has his time over the people, and then like alone time underneath where nothing. There's nothing Could down. Be him. It could be. Um, but fuck that Johnny in the Sun still kind of. Hey, it's so it still creepy. Gets me. Yeah. It still gets me. But this book was really. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who instinctively run away from any kind of zombie cup stuff because mm-hmm. it's real big and popular. Like my brother-in-law is just so over it. He's like, no zombies. But this isn't really 
a zombie book the way I saw it. It's mm-hmm. really about Elsa, and she is oh, very is. entertainingly is. written. So I think you'd definitely... In that, the zombies are secondary. In that, in that hard-ass, hard-ass way. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a uh, more uh, the the rictatorship than uh, it oh, is yeah. the yeah, yeah. Uh, rickocracy. The, the people have always said, yeah, that Walking Dead isn't about zombies; it's about relationships, which yeah. seems like a really boring way to describe it. There's also zombies. So. There, I mean, there are also zombies, but it kind of is. Yeah, yeah. like it's it's that post apocalyptic hmm. raw humanity. Exactly. Um, but no, that was super fun and, and really enjoyed it. Uh, another book uh, that uh, we really liked in again, pushing the limits is Captain Marvel uh, and the Carol Corps, where uh, this this is another book that doesn't seem to be pulled from any other stories. Uh, it's just Captain Marvel kind of in her own in her own world. We have no idea what other context it is other than her. Uh, this kind of, 1940s-esque band of pilots that yep. she that she's handpicked uh, yep. and then fly with her, but in these futuristic-styled uh, airplanes, yes. jets. And their job is to simply protect uh, their uh, their air, their yep. land. There's an incursion. Um, Thors come and uh, take them out real quick. So She didn't seem to be very happy with the Thors. Because I think yeah. in the process of defeating whatever they were defeating, they also trashed the land around them. Oh, so, yeah, they yeah. wrecked it. But also it kind of seems like, well, if Thors just pop in like that, then what's the point of view? Yeah. yeah. And and she takes her job pretty seriously as being the defender of the realm here. Yeah. Was there a Carol in A-Force? I don't remember. Yes. Okay. So there's, a, there's also right. a Captain Marvel Carol right. in, uh, in A-Force. This is a different one. Yes, this should be a different one. Yeah. Alright, so that's kind of the beginning of the book. The middle of the book, we catch up to a character who wasn't out uh, on this uh, exercise uh, with uh, Carol and the rest of the high-flying ladies. And she's going on about how there's 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 just something not right. That the sky is... We're told the sky is, uh, I think they say, like 200 meters up. Yeah. But the sensors say that it's farther and everyone else is like, "That's heresy." You know, if if anyone if anyone with doom heard you say that, you right. could be sent to the wall. Did they did they say that the sensors say it was farther, or that the sensors were set to read farther? Like, why would or you have sensors? I don't I don't remember, but yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I forget the specific words, but essentially, like, yeah, we're told this, yeah, but it doesn't look true, right? And then at the same time, um, Carol is. She meets up with, uh, I guess, one of her old uh, fly gals yeah. uh, by the name of Kit, who is chosen to be Thor. And this kid is really enthusiastic and very, very kind of very young, kind of fun little character. And she's saying, "Like you're chosen, Doom chooses you, and uh, he makes a hammer for you from a star, and 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 it's, it's given to you." And Carol's like, "Star, right?" And she goes back and she's like, "Hey." Have any of you seen a star in the sky? And they're like, you mean like that shape that you wear? Because yeah, like they know of a that, star as a shape. But yeah. yeah. And it's it's weird because it seems like that's... It's a point where the veil is struggling because it seems like, oh, yeah, a star. I have memories of stars. But then like, oh, okay, then describe it to me. And they're like, um... um I don't know. I can't? It's... I guess it's like... If Doom is trying to control the thoughts and the knowledge of every single person in this existence, there's just going to be some things that he just forgot about, you know? I mean, it would have been very easy for him to just not say, 
I made this for you out of a star in the sky, but he yeah. forgot, and he said it, and they're like, wait, what's a star, and how do you make things out of it? So, yeah. I don't know. Um, so Carol, uh, she's kind of questioning um, orders from her superiors, questioning the, the, the world, um, like, as zombies, I hope, kind of gets to the edge of the planet. I'm hoping Carol gets to the edge of the atmosphere. Yeah. Maybe finds Johnny. I I just I just really want uh, yeah. I really want more of that. Um, but I really liked it. Kelly Sue uh, DeConnick. Um, you said it was one of your favorite books this week. Yeah, yeah it yeah. really was. Yeah. It was one of my favorite ones. I really like the dynamic uh, of of these women who are all uh, they all kind of have their different personalities. Like they kind of I don't want to say quite stereotypical, but. Like, whenever you have a military um, group like uh, Saving Private Ryan, you always have this character, and yeah. this character, and this character, and, and they're all there. fun nicknames, you know? Yeah. Uh, and this is this is much the same. But, like, this whole female cast is all really well written by, of course, Sally Kelly Sue De- uh, DeConnick, who was writing um, Captain Marvel before and has written several other things, right. and just a really solid writer right now. I liked how when they were doing their training exercise, the person who won the training exercise would get veto privileges over the music in the barracks. And I'm like, that's worth fighting for. That would be worth fighting for. It really would. And I also like that it feels old timey, like World War II-y, but has all of the technology and the vernacular of modern times. Yeah. Yeah. I like when that kind of matches up. It fits together really well. Yeah. Uh, Another gorgeous book. Yeah. Was 1602, Witch Hunter Angela. Gorgeous because Stephanie Hans, uh, no longer just doing uh, the flashbacks, got uh, a whole half of this book oh, uh, yeah. just to herself. It was so pretty, man. Yeah. Really uh, pretty. Where about as literal of a translation of uh, Angela as we know her now, mm-hmm. in, a, in the 1602 universe, mm-hmm. um, she is a witch breed hunter. Uh, which, if which, you remember from 1602, Witchbreed was the name of mutants. Yes. So, yeah. uh, and she pretty much, she very much acts the same. They use a lot of kind of description that is, can easily be uh, translated as to the angel type character she was before. Mm-hmm. Marguerite Bennett uh, did the writing on the first half. Um, and it's just kind of badass. The the, the artwork is is just super super gorgeous as normal. Who did the uh, who did the artwork for the first half of the book? Yeah. That one I'm pretty sure is um, Stephanie Hans. Oh, in the first half, I thought Stephanie Hans was the second yeah. half. Let me let me double check. Yeah, I'm, double check. I'm also thinking of that uh, Enchantress. Oh yeah, in the back Enchantress end. was was her. That yeah, that was just amazing. Okay. Um, oh nope nope. Uh, so yeah, Stephanie Hans is the first half um, where we see 1602 Sinister. And a uh, 1602 um, King James. Just cut. That's not Stephanie Hans's artwork. It says Stephanie Hans uh, with really further cool. entertainments by uh, Marguerite. Um, That's so interesting. Salvage, Salvage. I don't know because if you look at the first page of the book, it's not Stephanie Hans's. But if you look no, at the I end think, of the book, it definitely is. I think she has maybe a different uh, colorist or something. It, it could be it, it because be. it doesn't look quite as water watercolored. But the Stephanie Hans stuff, I think, still looks super gorgeous. Oh, God, all of I mean, the whole book is gorgeous. Yeah. It really is. I'm just I'm I'm having a nerd point at this point. I'm like, I don't think that's true. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're two <laughs> artists, so we'll definitely get <laughs> yeah. hung up on like just the pretty colors. Yeah. Um, I think I honestly think this book is worth picking up on the art alone. Oh, absolutely. Without knowing anything about the characters or having read. Uh, Angela, or having read um, sixteen oh two, just grabbing this book yeah. all by itself—it's really gorgeous. Um, it's a little, 
it's a little, I don't know if it's weird or, or heartbreaking or what, but she's traveling with Sarah. Yeah. And at the end of uh, the Angela book, we find out the secret about Sarah. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of watching her in the corner of the panels at all times. Because um, we don't know if maybe because it's Battle World Sarah, maybe it really is her or maybe yeah. it's not. It's, it's up for debate. Enchantress certainly gave her some threatening news at the very end of the book. So. Yeah. I mean, just look at that. This is so pretty. Yeah, the second half um, by, um, I'm going to say Marguerite Savage. I'm not sure if I messed it up. I'm sorry. Um, tweet at us. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, tell us. Tell us when we're wrong. We like but to yeah, hear the, that. The second half is just as beautiful as the first half um, with more kind of an oil color. The first half... Stephanie Hans is kind of watercolors. Yeah, yeah. And the second half, I feel, is kind of more oil painting-ish. Yeah, yeah. Um, digital, but still oil painting. Yeah. Really just beautiful. still has amazing work and just a full page of a reveal of Enchantress, oh. which just it's amazing. It's stunning. It's just... And they just went yeah, to there it town. Is. It's Yeah, it's just one full page and this very mystical, lovely, lovely picture of Enchantress. Yeah. Oh. I love, like, these kind of wooden antlers that she has. Yeah. Like, she's very kind of druidess yeah. looking. Did you notice the intro of the book was written in, like, an old English style? You know how they always have the exact same intro with every uh, oh, Battle like World? Welcome to Battle World? Yeah, this one, it was, like, you know, with the apostrophe D, you know, and it just, oh, no, it's yeah, really cute. It's really that. cute. The, uh, the Deadpool book also played with that intro, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like it when they do that. Yeah. Mrs. Deadpool, which, um, if you guys are wondering, Deadpool's actually still kind of in it, but it's not about him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, sixteen oh two, art alone, but then also very very cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I really like the the teaser for the next issue is a sixteen oh two version of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, that so looks so great. If it wasn't just art alone, that's enough for uh, for a ticket for admission. Because who wouldn't want to see a sixteen oh two version of Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. Again, more books like still have yet to read a bad Marvel book. No, like I, I've liked through Secret Wars. Uh, Ghost Riders number one, um, maybe a weird, maybe a weird pick for us, or maybe just a weird book uh, that people didn't see coming. Because Ghost Rider, uh, the, the the new Ghost Riders had his own popularity, but is not really popped like a Spider Gwen or Silk or anything like that. Sure. Um, but uh, here in Ghost Racers, Ghost Racers number one, we get more of the arena, which is an aspect of uh, Battle World that I've really been enjoying. Um, Captain America there. Um, the Secret War Journal from last week was there with um, with Robo. Um, Ross. Ro- Robo Ross. Yeah. Here we see another element to that are the Ghost Rider races where... As far as we can tell, there's only five, but they run a circuit, and the first one across wins, and life is good for them. Yeah. Life is awful for the uh, for the rest of them. Yeah. But the game is definitely weighted. Yeah. 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 Hey, here's our random cannon that took some out. I'm like, was it random? I yeah. bet it wasn't. We took out first place, so the yeah. fan favorite can win. Yeah. 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 That doesn't seem very random to me. Uh, but I, I like that Arcade is the one running this arena. I, mm-hmm. I find it a perfect place for him and interesting because he's never been that serious of a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Avengers Arena, where like a bunch of young characters that not many people really read much of uh, Young Avengers and stuff like they all died mm-hmm. uh, and that was him but there's no Avenger book taking on Arcade no so it's cool to see him in this uh, capacity but what's really I think pretty fucking awesome 
<laughs> is that one of these ghost riders turns into a centaur ghost Which rider. is so awesome. Yeah. I'm like, what with, a great idea. With Gatling guns. Oh, yes. Yes. And a cowboy hat. And a cowboy hat. Like, yes. <laughs> like they, they, they de-ghost rider mm-hmm. themselves. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that that character is a normal human. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't, from the angles that I remember looking at. Looks like an old guy. Yeah, it looks like, a, like an old dude. Yeah. But like he's he's got this badass look. He's all kind of in white and on flames. He wears uh, a uh, mask over his eyes. There's great uh, writing in there saying like, um, fuck, what was it? It was something to the effect of, uh, oh, what's behind the, the mask in those eyes? Yeah. Pray you never find out. Well, the artist, who's uh, who's the artist on this one? Uh, the cover says uh, Gideon. And there's a little passage in the very back where he talks about being given the instructions to make a ghost rider as a centaur. And he was just really, <laughs> said he was so nervous about it at first. He's like, this could be awful. But he just had so much fun. He said ghost rider himself is kind of, a zombie when you get down to it so the horse part of the centaur is wrapped in wrappings and kind of decaying a bit and he said he uh, gave him a poncho instead of a cape because him that's way cooler and uh, yeah. uh, Clint also, Eastwood you know? centaur just seems weird yeah it does but you know you get a Clint Eastwood vibe on that one yeah, and then yeah. uh, he just he said he just had so much fun with it and you can tell the, the art's great the Arts, it's a almost slightly manga style a little slightly. bit I'm pretty sure this is the same team who was doing Ghost Rider before um, with Robbie Reyes as, as the Ghost Rider but the art is uh, Juan Gideon and uh, story by Felipe Smith. Yeah, it, the solid the, the artwork is solid. We see Johnny Blaze and um, Danny Ketch, uh, the the two previous more notable Ghost Riders in there. Mm. And I'm looking forward to see more of them. Slade is the one who turns into a centaur. It's funny, yeah. the artist says, I didn't know anything about Slade beforehand, sorry. And I'm like, that's okay, I don't either. So yeah, that's fine. I no. didn't realize he was even a character. No. As well as this other... Uh, futuristic uh, single-wheeled Ghost Rider. Um, the woman on the team, which yeah, is cool. Woman. A female Ghost Rider is a nice idea. That's cool. Yeah, because I I know there was a female Ghost Rider, but I I didn't read any of any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was in uh, Thunderbolts. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's the same character or not, because that character looked like the more traditional Ghost Rider that we're used to. But that doesn't mean anything. Here. No, no. Like even no. Um, even Johnny Blaze doesn't look. Right, uh, compared to the Johnny Blaze that we know from uh, from back in the day, yeah. it was a fun book. It really is. I'm, I'd actually I'd want to kind of continue the story because there's definitely hints that the fan favorite's not going to be the fan favorite forever. Yeah. and he's been living high on the hog for a while, and that's about to come to a crashing halt. Yeah, it's one of the books that uh, isn't pushing the borders. is self contained within its own little world. It has its own story to tell. It's yes. not trying to make anything bigger. Yes, uh, another uh, another great fucking book. <laughs> Uh, Secret Wars Journal number two. Uh, the Secret Wars is being kind of the short anthology series of, I guess, just one character. What one character is doing, or at least one version of one character is doing in the Secret Wars. Uh, and this one is um, about Misty Knight and uh, with a ba- backup story about uh, Daredevil. Oh, the the Misty- Daredevil one. I know, yeah, right? man. The Misty Night book up front uh, is a very kind of 70s detective style, which is right in her wheelhouse. But everyone's got uh, kind of a 70s look and vibe to them. She's rocking a gorgeous afro. It is yes. just beautiful. It's yes. great. She's a, she's a kick-ass character. It's really fun. There's another one written, I think, by uh, Cy Spurry. Yeah, Cy, oh, Cy Spurry does the Daredevil book. 
the uh, the Hunt, which is the Misty Knight uh, front end book, is uh, Kevin Marr, uh, artist Corey Smith, and uh, colorist uh, Jesus Abertov. Mm-hmm. Um, Almost looked a little bit like a DC style, but better, of course. You know, um, just a little. If the colorist was different, I think I could totally buy that with all right, you. All right, all right. Um, but it it's just very simple. It's, uh, it takes place in Kaleville, which we previously talked about uh, Modoc being in. And Craven has this amassed wealth and casino. And it's interesting. There's a single, like, Craven coin right. out there. And the story is if you can bring the coin to Craven, he will essentially set you for life for money. Yeah. So Killville, which seems to be just full of all kinds of baddies, I'm guessing there's a constant struggle and battle over who has uh, the coin because everyone wants to turn it in. Whoever has the coin is the one who's getting hunted at the moment. So we catch up with the coin uh, who in the first couple pages is held by Boom Boom. Uh, which then gets uh, taken by uh, Missy Knight and her partner, who I don't know who he is, and he wasn't very interesting. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, he was um, her. He was her male partner. Yeah. That's fine. Yes, that's good. Uh, they get it essentially right in front of the casino. Uh, so they're like, "All right, let's go cash this in." Inside the casino, of course, are all the bad guys. A lot of spider bad guys. A lot of sinister sixers uh, mm-hmm. in there, including uh, a cool design of the rhino, who's just a big dude. With a helmet with horns on it, yeah. like a like a motorcycle helmet, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like a cap, like a skull cap helmet, yeah. not a full fish. There's a vulture in here, which I thought was cool. There's a whole shot. Uh, I see uh, the lizard. I see uh, Fancy Dan. I think, fuck, I think that's supposed to be Thing. Oh, no way. And a Dazzler who looks like a strung out coke whore. She really does. She looks rough. And of course she's in her old 70s, 80s costume, yeah. which makes perfect sense. yeah. So, yeah, and it just kind of follows just nonstop action uh, all the way up to uh, the top where uh, Misty gets to turn in the, uh, the the gold coin, as to which Craven's like, all right, you made it this far, good job. Um, I need this coin in circulation, uh-huh. so how would you like to kind of help me with that? Because if they're out there hunting this coin, they're not hunting me. Right. And I'm a man who's very valuable. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And she's sense. like, to paraphrase... Uh, fuck off. Yeah. Give me my money. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not the type to be uh, anyone's anyone's la- lapdog or lapdog or anything. I was like going to say anyone's bitch, but you said yeah. it nicer. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this great part. Misty's got the Gatling gun just trying to mow down Rhino. Nice. Uh, the second half of this book uh, takes a large tonal shift. Big time. Which, honestly, it's a gorgeous story. I, I was so, I was really, and I, I kind of don't want to spoil it. I just, I really want to say that the art is, the art is fine. The art is, you know, very pretty, a very sketchy style. Mm-hmm. But it's such a nicely told short story. Yeah. It really, it does all the things that a short story could do. And I was really, I thought the story was going to go in a completely different direction. And then it went in another way. And I was like, oh, well done. That's nice. So, yeah. yeah. It was really good. Um, Playing with a lot of what we already know, this is uh, Daredevil, uh, who who never became Daredevil uh, in this world. In the um, the sinister uh, ran domain of a uh, bar sinister, uh, he is instead he has all his powers from the same accident it seems, but instead of becoming a vigilante hero, he's a chef mm-hmm. for sinister himself, mm-hmm. and his enhanced senses. Enable him to take anything and make it the most 
amazing food ever, ever possibly conceived. I'm sure he lists off all these names of dishes at one point. And if I actually spoke French, I'm sure they are some yeah. of the most amazing puns, I'm sure. But yeah, I won't yeah. I won't bother reading what the, the food is actually called. But the, the characters who show up uh, is pretty co- uh, cool. Uh, he made the Black Queen weep. Mm-hmm. He made three Thors once gorged so hard that they could not fly home. Yeah. Uh, the House of Hyperion twice threatened war for the secret uh, of this French, 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 French. Yes. Uh, he, even the God King Doom himself gave a singular exultant sigh yeah. at the famed French, 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 French. <laughs> Canard, so duck, I think. Yeah, exactly. So, and I, the names, like when I first started reading it, I was just kind of like, like, Electra is the other character in this, and it's her job to go out and find these amazing, sought-after, you know, beasts animals of some sort, or animals or whatever, and th- bring them back. I think all that matters is that it's exotic. Yeah. And then he does the rest. Exactly. And that it's very dangerous to catch them and everything. So, of course, in this book, her name is Collectra, which I yeah, thought, which, uh, I saw what she did there. If, if I had one complaint, it was that. Well, the, the names okay were that. all a bit on the nose because, of course, that was... Her name is Collectra. He's Daredevil, called the Fair, Fair Devil. Devil. And of course, they're working in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. I see. So I thought this was going to be a definitely a different tone of story than what it ended up being. Mm-hmm. So I was very nicely surprised. Daredevil, uh, it, it's all pretty much his inner monologue. Mm-hmm. He's talking about uh, Collectra, how she can't talk. The, the ability was taken from her by Sinister, but he is... He is so in love with her, and he knows that she's in love with him because of uh, her body's reactions and and stuff like that. So he's been working on a plan to kill Sinister so that he and Elektra can then run off and and be free together. Right. Which, I mean, that's something we already know. Elektra and Daredevil has been a a pair through, you know, all of Marveldom. Yeah. So... Yeah, not not to spoil this one because it, it does have such a great uh, conclusion to it. Yeah, um, just amazing. The I mean, the Misty Night stuff, good, good, fun, uh, well worth uh, the price of admission. This Daredevil story, really exceptional. Yeah. Really it's, exceptional. It's and, hard to do a story that good in that short a space. Yeah. That's why short stories are so impressive to me. But they just, they did a nice job. Especially with one. really just one character. Yeah, yeah, really. It's yeah. just Daredevil talking uh, and not, none of it gets weird or boring. Everything makes sense. Uh, you'll slap yourself in the, in, the, in the forehead when you get to the end like, oh my God. Yeah, like, yeah. That just happened. Yeah. They gave us the pieces to work it out. Yeah. We just didn't figure it out. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So, uh, without revealing anymore, Secret World's Journal number two. I really enjoy these. The, the last one was... That was the Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck and, and Robot Ross, which yeah. I thought the Robot Ross was good. I didn't have any complaints. Right. My, yeah. my favorite was clearly the, the Howard the Duck. So, these anthology stories are really also turning out super solid. Because this is clearly... This could be the book... With one great story or one fun story, and then a real, like, extra tucked yeah. in the back. Yeah. But two for two. Yeah. Other books, uh, Infernal Number 2 came out, extending on that story, uh, which was uh, definitely hit, but clearly just building up uh, to more, uh, really, I think, to three. Um, I have no idea how long some of these books are going. I don't know either. Some of them feel like, oh, all right, one and done. And they keep announcing more titles. Yes. But... 
like without necessarily announcing the follow-ups to other books. So I have no idea what the fuck is happening. I just know it's going to happen for a little while. Yeah. Um, and uh, Mrs. Deadpool, like I mentioned, was uh, was fun. Um, if if you were already reading uh, the Jerry Duggan um, Deadpool books, then don't be afraid of this one just because uh, it's not starring Deadpool. It's still, I think it's still totally up your alley. So if there's anything that we did not talk about, uh, books that you feel deserve some credit, let us know. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Google+, uh, are all of our social medias. Email us at comicissues at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe to this podcast if this is your very first one and you like it you want more of this you can subscribe to us on iTunes Stitcher Podbay uh, and um, German sites yeah, for, yeah. Uh, um, apparently we just ended up over there I don't know yeah I guess that RSS feed just picks up on things I suppose I yeah. guess I mean it's a good dog so there you go. I don't know what the fucking RSS is <laughs> I don't it's, I just see RSS feed yeah exactly but, uh, he knows yeah. all that stuff he sets it up yeah uh, so that's all of us uh, of course E3 is this week. Uh, we should be knee-deep into it uh, with all kinds of uh, content and stuff. So if video games are your jam, be sure that you're checking that out. PixelatedGeek.com. Uh, we of course, part of their network. Uh, and if you just want this comic issues goodness, um, reviews of books, comics, uh, previews uh, from uh, Marvel, IDW, Dark Horse, our website, comic-issues.com, for all of that lovely good stuff. So until next week, everybody, I'm Anthony Silva, Elizabeth Wallace, and good weekend.